Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. John 15, verse 13. Everybody can see the screen. If you can see it, say amen. Here we go. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Amen. Let's thank God for all those that laid their life down for us to have liberty this morning of religion and worship. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us the opportunity to be in this house today, God. Thank you for the opportunity for us to come together, Lord Jesus, and worship without fear or favor of any man. We don't have to worry about the police pulling up outside and taking us off because we don't have religious freedom, but we do have that religious freedom. We thank you for every man that shed blood. We we thank you for every soldier that laid hearing a flag flap in the wind one last time as he gave his life for freedom. We know that freedom's not free, and we celebrate that freedom today in this prayer. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You may be seated today. I want to share with you three principles and three stories. The three principles go like this. Replacement brought redemption. You don't have to know exactly what these mean right away. The second one is replacement brought replacement. I know I repeated myself there, but it's going to make sense for you later. And the third thing is replacement keeps it real. I want to say keeping it real. Turn to your neighbor say, we're going to keep it real today. <laughs> replacement brought redemption. And I've got three stories in the scriptures to go to, and they're going to help me out and back. But I want you to know that freedom is never free. Amen. Everything we celebrate today, everything we have the freedom to do, that, uh, that, that burnt offering that you're going to offer up to God on the barbecue later on or maybe tomorrow, that is your right and opportunity as an American because someone gave their life either in one of the wars or they gave their life in service and they paid the ultimate sacrifice. Some give by going and some give by serving, amen? And some give by staying and sending on things that help others. And I, I'm grateful to know that I can be a part of what God's doing. But I want you to know today that the message that we preach in this church is about Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And the most important message I can share with you today is that Jesus died for you. I couldn't say any more powerful words than the fact that your freedom spiritually is bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. And someone should have an amen right about there. But you have to understand that when Jesus came and was our replacement, he didn't only purchase my redemption, he didn't only purchase your redemption, but he redeemed all mankind. Amen? So we're not supposed to sit here a privileged bunch on a country club called Christianity. We're supposed to go out and teach other people that what you feel and what you're in and what you're involved with that's running you down and giving you hope, not giving you hope, is not where you need to stay. But there's a God who died on a cross for you and you have the right to be redeemed just like I was redeemed oh yes I'm excited today I hope you'll go there with me today because our redemption is the most beautiful and powerful recovery story there ever was he not only recovered me but he redeemed me he brought me out of where I was and I'm grateful for a replacement on this old rugged cross amen because that was my cross and that was your cross amen 
We were supposed to die on that cross when we took of that fruit, when we disobeyed God. We, we were there, no, not us personally, but mankind was there through two people called Adam and Eve, and they partook a fruit that was a disobedience to God, and God said, the day that you eat of it, you're going to die, and God it seems like he might have lied to them because the day they ate of it, they didn't die, but the truth of the matter is, somebody did die that day, and it was, a, it was another animal, and he took coats from those animals that never had been death before. They had nev- never seen death in the garden before, but now death took place to cover their nakedness with the coats that he made out of those animals and in that day they died as a situ- in the in the place as a substitute for them as a remembrance that every time we come to an understanding of sin in our life something dies because sin when it's finished bringeth forth death the scripture tells us so we have to understand that my life was headed toward death your life was headed toward death if the doctor gave you a report that hey you've got six months to live the doctor's late because God already said we're all dying amen when we take our first breath we are dying and so when we try to take away the wrinkles you stretch it you pull it you lift it all you want to it's not going to keep you from slowly dying amen it's so we have to know when those legs vessels don't work so good in those legs and when those ankles get tired because they swell up because we're now into our 40s. Someone said amen. And we now, we now know what it's like to have the hair on our head that used to be nice turning silver. We know that we are dying, but it is not the case whenever we find the relationship with Jesus Christ. Even though the outward man perished, the scripture says, the inner man is renewed day by day. And so you have to know that this cross was not just my rescue but it is my resurrection every morning when I get up I can worship my God unafraid of anybody or anything because though this flesh may die though they pat me on the chest with a shovel I'm going to a heavenly home I'm going to a place far beyond this place I have resurrection power in my life because of a replacement because he replaced me He not only replaced me in the fact that he came for redemption. He replaced not only my faults, Brother Jesse, but he replaced my feelings. I had you bring the stool out here because my flesh needed that stool today from coming down that mountain at Man Up. I twisted my knee, and I've been praying over that knee. Did you know that I was standing over there worshiping? I don't even feel that knee right now. It's amazing how God will touch your physical body trying to die with his spiritual renewal if you just start worshiping him. In fact, I've seen more things happen in a church service with people that just said, you know what, my body may not work right, but I'm going to praise the Lord. But when they left from their praise, their body started working right. Amen? I've seen miracles happen because someone said, I'm not going to worry about the pain. I'm going to focus on my praise to God. I've seen so many amazing things happen in my lifetime. I can't deny that God doesn't do that kind of stuff. He does things like that. He does miracles. But not only did he handle my faults on that cross, he also handled all the feelings that I feel. Because we have a scripture that says we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are. We're all tempted, amen? The Bible says God doesn't tempt man. But we are all tempted, amen? But we, unlike Jesus Christ, fall. We fail. We make mistakes, amen? Well, we're getting real here before we got to the real point. But we'll get to that point. We're in replacement brought redemption right now. 
And not only did he bring redemption to my faults, but he brought redemption to my feelings. So when my feelings say, you don't need to worship today. When my feelings say, you know what, it does, it's not necessary to be like that. When my feelings say, you know what, maybe God just didn't hear you. Maybe God's not answering your prayers. Guess what? My feelings are lying to me. Because the power of the cross says that if he has purchased victory for me, that I am actually catching up to all the victories he has for me. And even though my flesh might lie to me and my feelings, I have to trust in my faith that God is doing a work bigger than my feelings. So he not only redeemed my faults, but he redeemed my feelings. In other words, when my feelings says God can't, my faith says God can. When I say, hey, I don't know why my knee won't be healed on the first prayer, but I started praising over here, and now I can dance on it. I couldn't walk like this. I couldn't do this when I got here this morning, but now I can because my faith starts working. He redeems my faults, and he redeems my feelings. So when my feelings say, I don't want to go to church, <laughs> stayed up too late watching Netflix. Oh, oh, shots fired. Shots fired. Y'all need to be careful about that Netflix stuff on Saturday night. <laughs> I'll get back to my sermon now before I get in trouble. He also not only redeemed me and my faults and my feelings, but he redeemed me into rest. And when we are exhausted, we can find rest in God. I, I can't tell you how many times I've come to church beat. But I get up anyways because I know there's something going to happen here that can restore my flesh greater than any entertainment or any relaxation or any vacation could ever do for me. Oh, I wish someone would help me preach in the church right now. Because I know that God, no matter how much I spend my time in a hammock out at the Bahamas, amen? That's real nice, but that's nothing like what God can do for my soul. And when you feel the weight lifted off your soul, there's something that happens to you physically, amen? Anybody ever been to an altar call and let your, you let your heart out to God, and when you walked away, you felt lighter than when you came in? I wish I could have some help right about there. If you need an altar call today, you can have one, but I tell you what, I don't know what's going to happen when I come to church in the morning, because my feelings would like to tell me, stay in bed and there's other things that would like to tell me maybe it won't happen the way you think but I tell you what there is faults to be fixed in this house there are feelings to be adjusted in this house there is faith to be released in this house and there is rest to be laid on top of us if we'll get in God's presence amen oh my goodness I have sinned, the Bible says. There's so many things and places where we struggle with, with understanding that our flesh is sinful and we have fallen. But I'm just so glad that when I get in his presence, he doesn't call me a sinner. He calls me saved. Amen? I'm so glad when I get in his presence, he doesn't look at my weakness, but he looks at all the strength he's handing to me. I, I, I'm just so glad that, uh, that I can know that there's something in Christ Jesus that I can have. Amen? I, I want to preach that to you for just a minute. I'm going to use my, I'm going to use my wallet. Is that okay? As an illustration, when you get around Jesus, I'm going to use that in just a second. When you get around the Lord, did you know that He is magnetic? There is power in God, and did, do you know you have an aura about you? You have a surrounding aura, a magnetic field around your body because of the cells in your body that positive, negative charge, the ions. And in that, we learned about a little bit of man up, didn't we, guys? And in that, you actually are, are, are in the room before you walk into the room. 
You know what I'm saying? In other words, there's some people have a, a, a bigger field in front of them. Some people have 15 feet. Have you ever felt a very gregarious person, like they walk in the room and the whole room goes, who is that? You just got hit by that personality, that, that the huge, that largeness of person. And that, that presence goes before them. Well, God does that for you. When you get filled with his presence, it's amazing. There was a study out of the University of Ohio, and there was a bunch of people, we, we heard about this. There was a bunch of people that were in that study, but they took people from a Pentecostal church that were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they showed, they showed somehow they were able to photograph the aura that were around people. And they photographed the people that, that were not filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. And they photographed people that were. And when they got done, they called the pastor back that they asked, do you have some folks that can be in this study? We're checking out, you know, the magnetic force and field around people. And he's like, sure, I'll ask some people of the church. And so they all came out and they were part of the study. And so then the professor, the doctor, calls back to the pastor and he said, I need to ask you a question. He's like, how did the study go? He goes, it went great, but I have a problem. He's like, oh no, what's the problem? He said, I, I need to ask you a very real question. He's like, okay, lay it on me. What's the question? He goes, what is different about you? And he's like, what do you, <laughs> that's a nice question, isn't it? You're a little strange. <laughs> what is different about you? And he's like, what do you mean what's different about me? He goes, we have been able to photograph the, the magnetic field around the human body. He said, and everyone except for the folks that are in your church, their magnetic field looks different. The folks in your church, their magnetic field shows up as a color or it shows up differently than everyone else that we took a picture of. He said, and it's not just one in your church. It's everybody in your church. He said, well, that's easy to explain. They're all filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Which means... That when God restored you, when God redeemed us on the cross, and when his spirit was poured out in the upper room, and we experience that today, that God not only changes who you are and what you will be, but he changes your genetic makeup in your cells. He touches your spirit and your body. If that's not enough to knock your socks off, I don't know what is. That'll change your world. That'll rock your world right there, Brother Ben. I'm telling you, we have something so amazing. Don't ever let somebody sell you short of what God has promised us in the scripture. Repentance, water baptism in Jesus' name is our way to redemption. But when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, you get changed from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. And it even affects the magnetic field around your body. Oh my goodness. So because it's a magnetic field, we know God is a magnetic force. He's a electrical force. He's a power. He's a might. He's raw power, right? And so when you get near to God, when you get close to God, you actually become magnetic. Did you know that? And so what happens, the scripture says, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues in the book of Acts. I'm not getting to my sermon. I'll get back to all those notes, guys, if I even get there. You know how I am. But what happens is God being magnetic makes us magnetic. He said he, was, he gave us the Holy Ghost so that we would become witnesses, Brother Ralph. Witnesses. How do you become witnesses if you have no magnetic, if you have no draw for people? But what happens is God is so magnetic that he takes something that is not a magnet and he makes it magnetic so that people follow you. People want to be connected to what you have. These are two items that have no magnetic pull in them. They have no magnetic force, but they've been near a magnet. And so they took on the magnetic properties of a magnet 
and two things that should not stick together are sticking together. How many know that two people in a marriage after 40 years shouldn't be sticking together because their flesh just don't want them to stick together? Come on, somebody. You, you know somebody right now that's, that's married, but they want to live like they're single. Hello, somebody. But what happens is when the Holy Ghost gets inside you, it holds together everything trying to fall apart. Oh, my goodness. Could I preach right now? And if you have enough Holy Ghost near him, see, I haven't been close enough to the Lord <laughs> right there. But if you get close to a magnet long enough, you actually can gain enough magnetiv magnetivity. I don't know if this will work or not. It won't because this has been too far away from the magnet, but that's the point anyways. The point is that when you get close to God and you're full of the Holy Ghost, that you become a witness for God that other people cannot deny. And when you walk in the room, they go, what is it about you? What do you have? What is it that's been replaced in your life that I don't have? And all you have to do is say, hey, I've got this replacement named Jesus. He took my place on the cross. He walked out and he said, I've got everything to give you for all that's broken. Amen. I can fix everything that's broken. And some of us, some of us have been in broken places before. Amen. Oh man, I'd like to preach that right now. And so we walk into this place and we have some things in our life that are definitely not of God. They have been things that we walked through in our past. Maybe they've been things that we have not been in for a long time, but they're still trying to linger, trying to be tempted by it. There's all kinds of things that happen. But what happens is we have to understand that this is not just a story of us being broken. This is a story of the responsibility of God. It is not just our responsibility to try to be saved because how many know no matter how hard you try, it's tough to live right, amen? Oh, it's tough. It, the struggle's real, right? But what happens is this is a God problem, not just our problem. God made it his problem. That should be enough to shout on right there. He took the problem off of you and said, no, you might have fallen. You might have taken of the fruit. You might have sinned. You might have disobeyed me in the garden. And therefore, by one man, sin is passed onto the entire generation of all men. And we are all born in sin and likeness. And we all have righteousness as filthy rags, the Bible says. But even though all of that is in you, I'm not going to make it your problem. I'm going to make it my problem. And I'm going to come through the womb of a woman. And I'm going to die on a cross for you and make your problem my problem and fix it for you don't get me wrong jesus is not the fix it man but you have to understand the dilemma the dilemma is this that the devil knew that he could not defeat god one-on-one -on -one. make sure you understand that the devil is not the opposite of god he is a created being he is not a creator he cannot make something happen. He has to take what's already created and twist it and use it. The, anything the devil takes from you, you have to surrender it. He'll come and he'll bring your doubts so low that he can take away your promises because you don't believe you can go get them because you're not strong enough to. But the truth of the matter is, what it is is the devil taking and twisting what God had in order to get power from that. He has no power unless we surrender it to him. Amen? So what we have to know is that the devil, being wise, he's crafty. Amen? He's very sneaky. And what you think the devil's after is not what he's after often. He's always after something you don't even know yet. Because he's sneaky like that. But what he did was he took something that God hates 
and put it into something God loves. So when he caused man to sin by disobedience, he took sin and put it inside something God loves. And now for God to love man, Brother Jesse, God would have to be a liar because he loves something that he hates. He hates sin. Sin brings death. He doesn't want us to die. He never designed us to die. Sin brought death, amen? But he brought life eternal. So in order for him to remove the sin, he made it his problem because we couldn't get sin out of our life. Some of us struggle with sins right now that we'd like for nobody. If, if we played your life up on the screen, you'd be like, excuse me, I'm going to head out. <laughs> don't, don't be looking. Amen. Just going to head on out and get in my car. I'm not coming back. <laughs> Brother, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> he got up and walked out. <laughs> it was perfectly timed. I meant to do that. That was all designed in this sermon. So what God did was he brought himself to earth through man. And died on the cross for us to take the sin out of us we couldn't take out ourselves. So that he would not be a liar by loving us. And so even now when we sin and we have things that we need to take to the cross every day, guess what God sees when he looks at us? It's covered. It's covered. I see the one I love, Ben. I see you. I don't see your sin. So he covers us by the sacrifice on the cross. He made us his problem here. And so what our responsibility is, is to bring the things that we can't beat ourselves and lay them at the foot of the cross and say, Jesus, thank you for what you did for me. Thank you. I couldn't get that out of my life myself. I couldn't walk away on my own. I didn't have a strong enough will. I didn't have the power on my own. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Christ Jesus our Lord. I am so grateful today for what he's done for me. And it may not show every day, but I promise you when my feet hit the floor and I look out that window and the sun's coming up, I say, thank you, Jesus, for another day. Thank you, God, for what you've done for me. Thank you, God, for bringing that sunrise up. Someday I'm going to meet you in glory. But for now, I love you this day. I'm going to give you my all. I'm going to do what I can. I'm going to make today great because you made a day great when you died on that cross. Oh, my goodness. When you died on that cross, you made every one of my days great and because he was my replacement number two I'm all, I'll hurry through him because he was my replacement I can be a replacement so when I go to a friend struggling I'm not saying you're struggling brother but I'm going to use you and he's down and out and he doesn't know how to get out of sin and doesn't know how to get out of the struggles that he's in and I've been there but I had a replacement Christ on the cross and he walked into my situation and said you don't need a bottle anymore I'll give you new wine you don't need a drug anymore I'm going to give you something that's higher than anything else you could ever get high on amen I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost it's going to change your magnetic structure it's going to change everything about you see I've been there and I know what it's like no I haven't done drugs and yeah but I've been where I needed to return to God and what happens is while he can't get out while he doesn't know a replacement named Jesus he does know me and so Jesus was my replacement and I want to be like Christ Karen so therefore I become his replacement and I pull him out of the things he's been in and now we can live together as God wants us to oh my goodness thank you thank you thank you so number one his replacement 
brought redemption. Number two, his replacement brought replacement. What used to be something I would run to, Reese, that was the thing I don't even need. doesn't even register on the radar. I don't need that. I don't even know where to go to get it. Hello, somebody. Okay, we'll move to number three because now we need to get to number three. We're going to get real. And because this world is so full of fake, so full of plastic, so full of people with faces and masks on that say their one thing and do something else. Aren't you tired of that? Aren't you sick to death of people that stand in your face and say one thing and they do something else? And they talk about God as if they have a relationship with him, but they don't know the replacement power of God in their life because they don't know how to pray the way they need to. Oh, I don't mean to preach, but I mean to preach. But what needs to take place in us is the fact that not only we resurrect ourselves and our minds and we, we praise him for being our replacement and redemption, and not only do we need to know that we need to be a replacement for somebody and go and pick them up for church and go and help them when they move. I'm sorry, brother. <laughs> Whoops. I, I wanted to help. <laughs> I was just that man up in South Dakota. <laughs> but you got to go do and be what Christ did and was for you. And then it allows you to be real. When I grew up, I was abused. You know that, right? I was beaten. I have a few scars on the side of my leg from when I was switched so many times. It hurt as a kid to think that your dad would do that to you. He went to jail for it 15 years for beating me, for abuse in my family. I won't go into it all because there's no need to. It's under the blood because I've forgiven him. It's between him and God. It doesn't stay on me when I forgive somebody else. Amen. And that's the replacement I'm talking about. He took all my hurt and pain from the abuse and he replaced it with his love. So therefore, I don't have to live under the bondage and the hurt and the pain of all that stuff. But there are some things that happen. And so over time, I noticed that my wife was doing things to help me get out of those struggles. Amen? She was being a replacement to me, just like Christ was a replacement for you. Amen? And so she was an example to me of what God can do. And so I want you to know that I couldn't be real with you like this had it not been for Christ being a replacement in my life. Had it not been for me going through some things, Reese, I couldn't be relative to you. I couldn't relate. There's so many stories in the scripture that I wanted to get to. There's three of them. But I, I'm just really glad that God would use us today in this place, that God would bring ministry to this house and God would touch our hearts the way he has. Would you thank God with me together right now? Maybe a lifted hand, maybe just to thank God. Thank you for being our replacement, Jesus. Thank you for all you've done, God. Thank you for the power that you worked in us. Would you stand with me together if you're able to stand? 
Jesus, I'm grateful for all you've done. There's somebody in here that sees grace to get out of their situation. You've seen that Christ is your replacement. And I tell you, there's more where that came from. The Bible says where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. In other words, where, where we mess up, God is more than able to come in and replace it with his power and his might. Would you release something to him that you need replaced today? Maybe you can't think of a single thing, but you can think of somebody that you need to go and replace for them what they're going through. Maybe it's your son. Maybe it's your daughter. Maybe it's a friend right now that you can think of. Put them in your mind right now. And would you bring them to an altar? Would you, would you with me? be a replacement for somebody if you don't need a replacement great if you need God to replace something would you come here with me and bring them together and let's all pray together come on I'm going to stand right here we're going to pray together we're going to ask God to help us to reach souls that need salvation replaced for their sin amen it's all right we're not going to do anything amazing Pierre you can come if you want it's all right we're not going to do anything to embarrass anybody come on let's pray together get in a half circle I don't care how you do it but we're going to grab hands if we can do it quickly we're going to grab hands if there's a way to do it discreetly come on up here guys we're going to grab on the hands because we need each other amen some of us don't have strong families some of us have don't don't have strong relatives this is your family look around you this is your family this is the replacement that god gave you this is the replacement that god gave you let's pray together jesus thank you so much for helping us through the struggle. Thank you for the cross that replaced our place. We were supposed to die on that cross, but you gave yourself for us. Thank you for my replacement. Lord God, thank you for letting me be in somebody's life to be a replacement for them. Thank you for letting me be a friend to somebody who needs to know you more. It's where I have